Oi. Jay, this is a pretty big deal for some of the audience <laughs> members. Is Been it? waiting quite a while to hear you talk about this game. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's good. You get to finally get everything off your chest. Well, a lot of it off your chest. Yeah, I don't. I still don't know. I guess this is like spoiler, isn't it? It's all spoilers at this point. Yeah, I'm I not would gonna, say like, go too in depth about the story necessarily. More just no. like how it plays and what I thought about it. Yeah, like I wouldn't give ending. You know, like this is no. what happens in the story. More just this is the setup. This is what you thought of it. Is it a satisfying conclusion? Definitely talk in detail about all the elements like the gameplay, the collectibles, the side missions, all that stuff. Mm. So we've kind of found, through sheer luck, a format to talk about these specials in. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just the one who isn't playing the game, um, or if it's both of us, we just both have questions. So I've got a list of questions for you about Ghost of Tsushima. And I think I should ask them... And we'll kind of go from there. And if there's anything you don't think we've covered at the end of that, then we'll talk about it. How does that sound? Sure. Sounds good. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. So for the uninitiated, this is the TGO show, but it's a TGO show special. Yeah. Ghost of Tsushima. This yeah. is going to be Goldilocks Gamer's thoughts on it, everything about it. Jay played it. Back when it came out, finished it in four or five days. Yeah. Hasn't been able to speak about it yet. He's going to give the full dive. We've touched on it in previous shows. I just want a quick shout out, Jay, to all the listeners of the show. As far as my analytics can tell, Mm. and they are spread, so it's difficult. It does seem like we're getting, as small as the show is, it does seem to be increasing. Good. So just want to give a big thank you to everyone for listening and that obviously it's a huge part of the show. I think I speak for both of us when I say that it's just therapy for us. So we'd probably do it whether anyone was listening or not. Yeah. But we obviously appreciate 100%. people listening. 100%. And just a shout out to people if they can put any th- reviews online or follow us on any of the social media platforms, please feel free to do so because this is a global takeover. So, okay, Jay. <laughs> yeah. We're very chilled out. It's a Sunday very afternoon. Sunday. I'm dating. I'm dating the, uh, the podcast quick spoiler for next week's news. Jay. Oh, go on. Okay. Then. Xbox put up a summer mode. Which okay. is like, long story short, it's basically all to do with their Microsoft, I want to say Quest program, where you can play games and do things in games and you get rewards, Microsoft rewards, sorry, and you get rewards and that eventually can turn into vouchers for Xbox Live, real money basically. Yeah, that seems a little bit like what Steam do with some of their sales, like if you buy games that you'll get these like additional like coins or like alternative currency that once you have enough of you can then use that as like a voucher for future stuff interesting yeah i think i've I've seen steam do it maybe for like the last couple years or so but yeah i, don't know. I have a feeling i was saying microsoft is quite good with rewards because i'll like go on there and i'll not look at my rewards page for years and i'll go on there and i've got like thousands and i'm like jesus i can save myself like 20 quid on a game right now <laughs> but i've done that a few times it's been great yeah they just like pile up even if you don't bother it seems like a really cool program which... i also think if you've been on 
if you've had live since like the first year that live came about you also get additional rewards oh okay i think if you've been out like over a decade or something you get wow more stuff so i think i'm i might be on my 10th year i'm on my 14th crikey I got it in 2006, 2007 maybe, so like 13, 14. Yeah, I must have got it near that because I got it for COD 4, so it must be near that. Yeah, well, definitely yeah. well over a decade at this point. Wow. I remember there used to be a number on the Xbox yes. 360 dashboard, but I don't think they have that anymore. You, if you've got a new profile, you've got a number. <laughs> it is there, is it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Have to yeah. Check that. But it's a really interesting program, which we should probably dive into a bit deeper at some point. But. Sure. I just wanted to shout out that they called that summer mode and okay. the summer gaming mentality is there and we have provoked it to exist in the okay. gaming space. Yeah. I like to see the outcomes of that. You know, Microsoft definitely listened to the show and went, they got something there. <laughs> Whether they're going to do like a winter gaming as well. Mm, just more opportunity yeah. for people to come along and do stuff. Really, isn't it? That's great. They do do Black Friday and Christmas sales, which are usually the biggest of the year, to be fair. That's yeah. why I tend okay. not to buy anything unless it's in sale anyway. How come? Cheaper. You did, Sorry, did you say you tend to? Yeah, tend to. Oh, I thought you said you didn't tend to. I, 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 like, I bought oh. a game a couple, two days ago. It's like a fighting game. Yeah. That was, I think, you know, maybe like 40, 50 full price, maybe a year, maybe even like six months ago, and it's now down to £7, 14p. Wow. So I was like, yep, in the sale, get it. Fair fair okay jay let's not beat around the bush anymore the people have waited long enough let's give them Mm. what they want ps4 exclusive ghost of tsushima developed by sucker punch yeah same people who made infamous right yes and sly cooper before that yes there's actually a sly cooper easter egg in the game yes i saw that maybe you can tell us about that (laughs) there's a trophy that goes along with it yeah it's quite cool okay okay let's let's touch on that later uh, so this is their first game since Infamous Second Son, I think. Oh, I absolutely love that game. And First Light. Yeah. Oh, great. So let's start there then, Jay. Yeah. So let's start with your history with the studio. Mm. So what games of theirs have you played? Let's have a look. It's definitely the first two. Um, Infamous. Infamous. Is that on PS2? Um, you played the originals back I on played... PS2? Uh, no, that... Infamous was on PS3, wasn't it? Infamous 1? I honestly can't tell you. Yeah, Infamous 1 was like... I want to say it was like... It came out very quickly after the PS4 came out. 2009. So yeah, I played that. I played Infamous... Did I play... Because technically Infamous Second Son isn't Infamous 2. No, it's the third one, I think. Yeah, then Infamous 2 came out. I think I might have given that one a miss. But then I like... I, I think I might have even platinumed Infamous Second Son. So you that liked was it that very much. fun. Didn't play Sly Cooper, but I know what it is. So, like, it's just I mean, one of those yeah. old PS2 games, isn't it? You know? Yes, yeah. Kind of reminds one... me of, like, Blinks or Ratchet and Clank, like, just old PS2 games. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you say, like, that 3D platformer type game. I never played them either, surprisingly. I think I might have potentially played like two like sly two or sly three just like on on a whim or something but yeah, oh, yeah you're right jay so they start it's the series started on ps3 is that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and second son is the third <coughs> game followed by first Sly, which is like a standalone dlc thing yeah so i mean Sucker punch haven't got that big of a history only you know they've just made all the sly games the infamous games and now ghost 
Yeah. Um, and that's like from 99 until 2020. So they've been around 21 years or so. Um, and not made that many games, which, you know, makes sense, really. Um, and do you see any characteristics from Infamous Second Son back in the day in this game? Not really. Okay. Yeah, now that I think about it, I did actually I did actually think that before playing it. I thought it was going to be kind of like Infamous. I guess it was the fact that it's third person. It's probably like the only real sure. comparison. And I guess maybe the story writing was Infamous. The story writing was actually really, really good. I think what this has done, I, I sort of got this opinion by watching some videos on Ghost, is that it's now, put, for me, it's now put Sucker Punch on a much higher level than they were before like for me infamous was definitely a high level but it wasn't like maybe as high as as i think other people may or may not have thought it was yeah. but now i'm like oh i kind of want to see what they do next because <laughs> uh they were actually going to make this game ghost of tsushima but what it, it could have potentially have been about pirates so like it could have been doing a different time frame with a similar no, so just based... completely different. No, completely different like story. With a similar emphasis on ships and things like eighty four. Do we know this pirate? This pirate game? No, literally the only bit of information we got was that this game could have been about a pirate, a true pirate story, or a true like three musketeers type story. Okay. So just a you know a little bit like how AC do with their timelines, a similar sort of thing. But in the end, they went with the uh, the Shusima Shusima. Shushima? Tsushima story. There we go. Great. Yeah. And I think we can both say that there is a bit of a gap in the market there. Well, there seemingly was before Sekiro, Neo. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, with the Neo and Sekiro, but they're they're very different to this game. Yes. I feel so, like you can't really make a comparison, not really. Sure. So you can, you can. just the last for the setup. One of the last, if not the main last PS4 exclusive we could be looking at for the console. Oh, I think group. it is. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. So, bittersweet in that sense. And, yeah. Obviously, yeah, been making this game for a long time now. We didn't know what Sucker Punch were doing for a very long time. Yeah, because Infamous Second Son came out 2014, I think first, like maybe a year later. So, it's been about five or six years. Yeah. Without further years. ado, Jay, top level stuff, what did you think of the game? I think it it now puts Sucker Punch maybe in AAA territory, right? Which I guess they kind of already were with Infamous. Um, the game itself, I think, weirdly, I think the perception of it before it came out was definitely lower than what it is now. Because I, I want to say, from what I've seen on of uh, articles in the last couple of days, I think it's actually the highest rated PS4 exclusive game ever. On Metacritic, at least. That has got to do with them delaying the reviews for a time. Is that is that consumer reviews or critic reviews? I think overall, so the combination of the two. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, like, right. other PS4 exclusives, I think, only got up to maybe an 8 and, like, an 80%, whereas this is at 90% and, like, an 86 or something. Okay. It's, like, just, just above where the other ones were, it would have been. Um... Which I think lends to, I guess, the marketing and the story overall, right? Because I think you, you look at a game like this from the outside. Like, my perceptions of this game from the outside were so different from what happened when I played it. Like, I think if you, I think if you have any 
idea of what this game is, you probably you're probably way off. Because it's just it's just so much better than what I thought it was going to be, and I'm very happy about that. Do you think they're to blame for that in terms of how they showed us the game at all? Actually, I'm kind of glad that it kind of turned out that way. Wouldn't you rather have a game that you went into with mediocre expectations coming out of it with the best, right? You don't want to like hype up the game too much, which I think is is why marketing is such a such a balance, such a you know balanced game. You know, you got to balance it just right between hyping up the game and then marketing it sort of by holding back a lot. So I think they they hit it on you know nail on the head with that one. Like if they'd gone any further, any deeper, I think it probably would have been spoiled too much. So yeah, I'm very happy about that. So, what do you think about the game? Do you love it? Do you like it a lot? Do you think <laughs> absolutely it's really love great? it? It's it's in my top ten now. I think okay. I can definitively say I need to actually like write this top ten out eventually. For sure, because I've got one in my head, and it you know they are always shifting about, but I never really know what's in which position. Not really. Sometimes but I'll remember this game for a long time. Definitely. Okay, you like the game a lot. So Jay, let's just go into some of the detail then, because I know very little about this game uh. should we start with the story uh-huh. saw one video or another that started to give away a bit of the story it might have been the review actually yes yeah, so well, i can give yeah. you like a like an overall like a you know yeah so wanna... the year is yeah. i want to say 1274 okay and the mongols are invading the island of Tsushima. Can I just quickly interrupt you, Jay, and just say yeah. that someone telling you the story of a story is like the awesome, the coolest thing ever. Okay, it's almost cooler than actually experiencing. the Oh story. yeah, because I guess it is like. Well, actually, I can I can give you a good example in game to do with that exact mentality, right? So okay, I'll continue, but I'll get back. Yeah, to yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So yeah, the Mongols invade twelve seventy four, island of Tsushima, which is basically the most westerly island of japan okay it's basically like an island between japan and china but it's very very close to japan like as close as the other islands that are also part of japan and on this island there are clans of samurai essentially like these these family clans that have been around for you know hundreds if not thousands of years basically mm-hmm. trying to defend their home from invaders the mongol leader is Kotal Khan or Koton Khan, who is the grandson of Genghis Khan. Who you know who that is, right? <laughs> yeah, so, horrible guy killed guy loads who, of people. Yeah, took basically is the took over the entire of China, right? He killed more people. The population of the world went down. During, by quarter, like, wasn't by, it? I think no, not not by that much. But I think it went from five sixty thousand to five forty thousand. Over the span of, I think, like 20 years or so. But yeah, so basically the Mongols just want to come and invade and take over, and they do it in a very crappy way. There's this battle at the start of the game. This, isn't, this is like literally the very beginning sure. of the game. So 80 of the samurai, greatest samurais on this island, basically all the samurais on this island, come from different clans, and they, they basically come together and basically face the entire Mongol army on this one beach, Komoda Beach. How many of them are there, sorry? How many samurai? 80. 80. Yeah. Okay. So we're um, looking at a Spartan type standoff here. Yeah, basically. Basically like the start of Odyssey, like a similar type battle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you you play Jin Sakai, who is the nephew of the Jito of 
Tsushima. So the Jito is basically like the leader. He's like the big shot, right? He's like the leader samurai, the lead clansman, as it were. Um, and so you and him lead the charge. And you Wait, go you, and, you and your granddad? Your uncle. Uncle, uncle. Yeah, so you're the nephew, right? Your okay. uncle, uh, Lord Shimura is his name. So you go off and you fight these Mongols and there's only by the end of the battle there's two people left there's you and there's your uncle your uncle gets taken prisoner and it's you you basically you die in the battle but there's this like magical spirit kind of wind that you know makes you come back to life kind of thing and so, yeah, all the other 80 die they're all dead okay that, that we know of but it's pretty uh, well known and they're pretty much dead so you end up getting saved by this woman called Yuna, who is a thief. She's like a an assassin type, right? So she sort of lurks in the shadows, kills people by a small dagger, and ends up stealing from the rich and giving to the poor, like a like a Robin Hood type. So you have to like go through and get your armor and get your sword back, and you go through. You take you get these flashbacks every so often that take you back to when you were probably in your early teens, learning how to be a samurai, right? And that's, that's like how you learn the combat mechanics of the game at the start, which I thought was quite a clever way of doing it. So you're now on this journey of trying to get your uncle back, and you have to recruit people through Yuna over this island um, to make that happen and to eventually kill uh, Kotal Khan. That's like the, the whole premise, basically. Uh, sorry, did you say on the road to recovery, that's where they give you how to play the game or do you play yeah, out so when so you you've recovered enough to be able to now go off with this woman to go collect your weapon your katana and once you get your katana you then flash back and learn the basics of how to fight and then once you've come back from the flashback you then start fighting people around you do you fight in the battle at the start yeah okay but they don't tell you how to do it they just throw you straight in they're like figure it out i kind of like that Thing is, you can't really die at the beginning. There's like, there's no health bar, there's sure. no buttons, there's no press this. It's literally just go in and just smash. The game is very, very. There's very little HUD. Interesting. It's very, it's it's very Dark Souls in that way. They don't really give you too much information. Okay, so they don't give you a lot of information throughout the whole game. They like really push it. Like even by the end of the game, it's still giving you the game's still giving you hints. But uh, put only if you're like doing the opposite of what you should be. Like if you're in a certain, if you're doing a certain move, when in reality it'd be better to do this one. The game will still tell you to do that move instead of the one you're doing. Naughty Dog games are brilliant at that as well. Yeah. So that's the setup of the story. Mm. You feel free to talk about any elements which you think are also really. Yeah. So worth I want to just quickly up. talk about that thing about you saying about how someone telling a story of a story is better than yeah. So in the game. There's these things, so uh, there's side missions are called tales, and so are the main missions, right? So okay. T-A-L-E-S, tales. Yeah. It's like telling a tale, right? Like a fairy yeah. tale. And they pop up around there. So basically the whole island is into three sections. So you've got the bottom section, middle section, top section, and you start off in the bottom one, and everything is fogged out. It's like the fog of war, essentially, right? So once you travel around, you traverse, the fog is then removed, and you, have, you sort of create this like anthill-type, you know, looking cave system but on the map and that's how you that's how you find things as you go and you'll come across these people who you have like speech bubbles over their head and you go speak to them and they'll tell you about a side mission or an area that you can invade and get rid of the enemies from 
and then you that's how you find the new missions right unless you come across them yourself and then that's how you do it all the main ones are like shown on the map for you so you can just go straight to those but one of the side tales are things called mythic tales and mythic tales are basically these ones that are told by i guess a bard like a japanese bard but he's not really like the classic sort of like witcher bard you know who kind of prances around like a tit basically he's just sat there with this group of people like you know strumming along on this like really old loop kind of guitar thing and he tells you the tale of this great samurai that lived before who had this amazing technique and that's basically what these mythic tales are they're these tales wait by the end of the tale you'll gain this like special ability and one of the one of the abilities is called heavenly strike and heavenly strike is basically like this ultimate move where if you press triangle and circle you'll sort of do this like dash but you'll basically one hit kill whoever you're dashing into and then there's many other ones that, that are like that but what but the the thing about you telling the story the story thing is that you you they sort of show this animation of this like painted japanese animation of this old tale which i guess is like a similar thing you were speaking about right yeah and it, again it was very good to like have that in the game it, it felt very authentic yeah like you were actually hearing a tale about someone who really lived before yeah, but in reality, it probably was like a bit twisted because they're like these obviously mythic tales. They're sort of like these, you know, things that may or may not have happened. They're very like um, they talk about like vengeful spirits and demons and stuff like that. You know, these samurais that had these like godly skills that would never be, you know, fathomable, but they happened, and you happen to gain the ability. So it's quite cool. Do you, you don't play the game within that painting, do you? It's just, just no. to give story just, back. That's just yeah, like, yeah. yeah, there's a story happening. The guy's telling you it's all like subtitled and everything. So. Okay. And just yeah. to clarify, Jay, this is a third-person action-adventure open-world game, essentially. Yes, but yeah. parts of the game are shut off until you get to a certain point in the story. Sure. You basically okay. make your way up because you start at the bottom of the island and you make your way further and further up. Can you see the whole map from the beginning of the game? But it's just mm-hmm. all fogged out. It's all fogged out until you come, until you literally travel to the bit you need to get to. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, that story thing sounds awesome because we don't, I don't think me and you personally know much of Japanese culture background. I mean, maybe you know oh, I've learned a lot now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Learned a hell of a lot. Yeah, the, the game does do a very good job at telling you Japanese customs, Japanese culture, like how to act around certain elders, stuff like that. It's very like so. Like, do they do the Japanese. shoes off thing and houses and stuff like that? They don't that really talk. Thing? They don't really talk about that, but that is a thing. Yes, and they yeah. kneel on mats, and there's all the you know the usual Jap. What what you imagine a, an old Japanese samurai village to look like is exactly what it looks like. You know, there's rice fields. And, sure. You know, well, people with good... zen gardens and stuff. That's a good segue, Jay. Let's talk about the graphics quickly. Mm. You mentioned before that some was it something along the lines of the graphics look better in game than the trailers 100%. ever showed? Yeah, so when they did that first gameplay trailer, yeah. or just the gameplay in general, the twelve minute gameplay, whatever it was, I looked at the uh I'd say the overall landscape looked amazing, right? The the character graphics looked amazing. It was just textures up close on the floor and maybe like rocks that were up close didn't quite look they looked like they hadn't popped in right like mm. the textures hadn't popped in which i guess was actually probably just because the game hadn't been polished completely yet that definitely does is still a thing in game but you barely you barely notice it it's very like things pop in a lot quicker you you very rarely get any pop-ins anyway it's usually that when you've like first booted up the game the game will sometimes the textures won't quite get there 
but that that's got that was very rare that was you know maybe once every 10 times or whatever i think part of the reason why the graphics are slightly dumbed down in certain areas is actually because of load times i will say this is probably the quickest i've ever had other than death stranding in terms of load times like i could turn on the game and be playing it in under 10 seconds really like legit i'd press play on the game you know to boot it up I could, you know, skip the menus really quick and it'd be like, right, main menu, six seconds and then press another four second load, in game. Like, it's insane. Uh-huh. Problem is, <laughs> on the load screens, there's tool tips, right? There's tips about how to do certain things. And people were complaining that you couldn't read the tips in time. So they've actually had to, they've had to lengthen the load times by a lot. Wow. So now where it used to be between four and six second load times, it's now closer to like 10 to 15. And has that helped the game in any way, the increased load times? No. If anything, it's just made... It literally is there so people can read the tooltips for longer. Wow. That's but funny. But the load times, insane. Like, next-gen level load times. It was insane. So a few things on this then, Jay. Firstly, that is possibly one of the first issues we've encountered of the reality of no load times is that we won't have any load screen tips. Yeah, that's actually probably a good thing. I hope we don't get any because we don't need them, honestly. I've never, I've very rare, I may have looked at maybe like one every game where I've been like, oh, that's kind of, in, you know, helpful. But I probably would have figured that out, you know. Yeah, I think other than Death Stranding, like Death Stranding is about as quick too. Okay. And why do you think they emphasize this when we apparently getting the next generation, which will eliminate essentially low times what we've been told why why focus on this on the ps4 version why not just what why do you think they've emphasized that well i definitely didn't hear them talk about it at all so maybe they just sort of like you know slipped it in or whatever mm. um i don't know i guess they just want to make sure they can do it right because if sucker punks if uh, sucker punch are going to make another game they want to know they can do it so if anything, they've probably used the PS5's technology on the PS4 and like helped it along somewhat, right? Maybe, yeah. I guess. Yeah, you know, maybe. I don't know. And I guess uh, Kojima did the same thing. He probably... they've just The technology at the end of the PS4 is so close now to the start of the PS5 that it's, it's sort of becoming, you know, pretty close. And low times now, we're just going to seem... I think it's almost like a getting used to it, right? low times on on ps4 that you've probably bought in the last two or three months are probably so much quicker than what you low times would have been at the start of the ps4 cycle you'd hope you'd You'd hope hope. right but i guess that you're probably we're probably not going to get much of a deviation from the start of the ps5 cycle to the end of the ps5 cycle oh jay i just really hope that the ps5 and the xbox series x do pretty much eliminate low times i'm going to be really disappointed if they don't because then I'm going to start thinking, well, what does this generation offer? Mm. You know, like if the games aren't looking graphically unbelievable and they're not running in 4K60 and the load times aren't eliminated, you then start to question, why am I buying this console then? You know, I guess there is still a balance between graphics and load times still, right? Yeah, because I think the only reason why the low times, well, part of the reason why the low times in Tsushima are so good is because they've, you know, managed to get the graphics down to a certain point, maybe at the beginning of the game, but as you progress, the graphics, but you know, will get more and more powerful as you play, I guess. Yeah. Although, yeah, still. 
So the art style, Jay, it looks very unique, very a bit shadow call shadow. Honestly, it's very like I'd say the the people are very well done. They're very realistic. How you'd imagine people to look. Um and also the landscapes are they're like I was kind of, honestly I think if you look at there's definitely points when I was playing this game where I was like I kind of can't tell if it's real or not like legit like some things just really looked bare like the trees especially and the leaves and like the the how everything I guess like the way <laughs> particles like the particles and stuff right like yeah all the all that kind of how it all flows and everything it, it felt like a real world it's pretty insane honestly even though like there's day night cycles weather cycles animals that you know are around like it felt like a very real world it's definitely one of the best looking games i've played in a long time like i'm trying to think what i can compare it to well it's it's more of a unique art style than realism is that right but but no, i'd is... say more realism really yeah it's not like cartoony in any way very okay. real like it, all the armor lo- and the weapons and everything is extremely real it looked very colorful on the trailers. Yeah, that's definitely one of the biggest things is the color. I'd say like it's definitely like exaggerated. Like you're not going to get that kind of look in real life essentially, but yeah, it's very like lots of bright reds, bright yellows, bright greens, bright blues, purples, silvers, black, like there's everything. <laughs> it can look pretty grim at times though, like if it's bad weather, it can look pretty grim and very, you know, devoid of color. I guess that's actually a really good segue into one of the modes that you can play. I think it's called the Karas- Karasaga uh, mode. Black and white mode. Yeah. So there's a old Japanese director who, back in the day, made some black and white movies. Uh, and they're sort of very well known. But yeah, in this mode, it's all, it's all Japanese um, with subtitles. So you can't actually change that, which I was kind of annoyed about. I was hoping I could play that mode. Ah, Kurosawa. There we go. Kurosawa, the director. Yeah, you can you, you play the mode in black. It's like black and white, and like got a film grain on it, like yeah. how the the films you know that he made were like. But it's all Japanese and it's all English subtitles. So, but it's it's also like a harder mode. It, like there's no HUD, so you can't see what your life is at. Can't see what anything Shoot. is. You have to sort of go by visuals. You have to go. You have to sort of recognize certain things that you would have been told by the HUD if you had played it previously with the HUD. Are you playing your second playthrough on that mode? I'm not actually. I'll probably do my third one on that. Why? Why not do your second one on that? I don't know. I just want to sort of play through it again. Having I want to play through it again on easy, I guess. You know, the normal mode I was usually on, just sort of with the with the mind of knowing what I had known. Versus, I want to see if the experience was any different the second time round without obviously having previously not knowing and now knowing everything it sort of is definitely a slight difference of a of an experience so still a what, good one though still a good what one. were the difficulty settings available i think there literally is just easy normal and then kurosawa which okay. i guess is hard yeah yeah okay and how big was the map in calculus scale i'd say pretty big narrow but big that makes sense because the actual island itself is quite a narrow okay um interesting yeah, map design I, then definitely like it would take you a while to get from top to bottom okay well, i have to actually look that up see how big <laughs> what the actual you... like in-game scale is that'd be quite interesting to know actually 
Well, to be fair, not like it's it's be all end all because it's more about how much stuff's in the map these days anyway. To be fair, yeah. Um, but that's a point actually. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's a lot lot in there, so that makes more sense. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What are the options? Do you are you one of those? I'm one of those people. Do you go in the game and look at the options menu before you start the game? Yeah, I have to make sure it's subtitles and everything are ready to go. Yeah. Because a lot was... of the times games don't bother with that, but with this one they yeah. kind of have to because. Well, I mean, they don't have to, but if they, if you play it in Japanese, you're probably going to want to have subtitles on. Was the option menu quite detailed and extensive, or? Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't really like I'm trying to think like what really I go for. I mean, the brightness is just like one of the first things you usually look at when you go in a game, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. They, that they, they, they usually do that for you. They usually ask you if you want subtitles. Um, I would just have a look just to see what other options there are. There was actually like an they put this in a lot of games recently. They put it in Last of Us Two and in this as well, an accessibility option, which is basically like a, what I like to call game reviewer mode, which is basically make everything so easy that you might as well just put you know smash your face into a controller and you'll beat the game. Which is basically what it is. It basically like makes it so that everyone dies like one hit and like stuff like that. Almost like cheat mode, I guess. <laughs> Do you think game reviewers are that bad at games? Oh no, that's what that's what they're made for. No, I think they're made for people who can't play games, mate. Yeah, game reviewers. <laughs> I'm taking the piss, you know. I know, I know, I know. No, it's really good to see more and more games have those accessibility options. Yeah, they actually kind of are. I, I don't use them in this instance, but I reckon there probably are games where I would potentially use mm. something like that. It would, have to be, it would have to be a very specific reason. I'm not sure what that reason is, but I'm sure... I'll find out eventually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I kind of so, want to see if Cyberpunk or anything has that. I doubt it will. It might do. It I might want to do. see if, if that's like a new thing that games are going to end up having just forever now. I hope maybe so. Maybe like, maybe game developers got like feedback off of certain people that said, this is still too hard. You know, that's probably what it is. People, people, there's probably people complaining about, I can't play games because they're too hard. When in reality, you're not, you haven't played them enough to get good, so they're just making it easier for people. Those kind of people. That's the question. Like in in you know in Dark Souls Four or whatever, do mm. you make an accessibility option because that essentially gives a way out for everyone, doesn't it? So honestly, I don't see accessibility options in Japanese games. Interesting. I see them in I see them in Western games, not Japanese games. How come? Japanese people tend not to care about that. Anyway. I feel like I feel like the Japanese developers probably wouldn't make enough of it. I don't know. It just it doesn't seem like their kind of thing. Like if someone says the game's too hard, they'd probably just say, "Well, get good." You know, like they. What about like Nintendo? <laughs> I feel like that's just not, that's like not part of the the like uh, culture. Japanese culture. It's like, well, don't give up. Like, why are you stopping at the first hurdle? Keep mm. failing. You know. Mm. Whereas mm. people in the West would be like, oh, don't worry, I'll coddle you until you get to the end, it's fine. This is, you know, seems like more of a Western thing to do. We'll see, though. Could happen. I could be could very happen. wrong. Okay. So let's move on to the meat of the bones then, Jay, the gameplay. <laughs> okay. I've got a lot to ask you about on this because I've got, I don't really know what the detail is. So mm-hmm. should we start by how you explore the world? I assume you have a horse, like the trailer. Yeah. So beginning of the game while you're going through the town with the Yuna woman yeah 
you end up finding your sword, and right after that, uh, well, before that you get your armor, and then you get your sword, then you get your horse, right? So you end up going to the stables, and you got a choice of four horses, depending on if you bought the special deluxe version. If you got the deluxe version, you get a special horse, it's sort of like this yellowy color. But if you didn't, you've got a choice of a black horse, a brown horse, and a white horse. Ooh, okay. So you choose, you choose your horse, and then you choose its name. Okay. There is either Nobu, Sora, Kage, or I think Kame. Uh, Nobu means trust, Sora means sky, Kage means shadow, and Kame, I think, means wind. Okay. So very, Kage all know, the way. Kage all the yeah, way. Yeah, I went Kage as well. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, okay. I, don't, this, I don't really want to say too much more about that, because that's part of the story. Okay. Well, but yes. Yeah, so in terms of like traversing, right? So you want to know about how you. So yeah, how do you traverse the world, then, Jay? Yes. Yeah, so you can walk it, <laughs> or you can go on your horse. I definitely say horse is quicker, but I actually, when I first played it, went majority just walking. Um, there's actually a bit of a uh, uh, a trick, I guess, like a tip and trick type thing. So when you run, you run roughly about 110, 120 meters before you start to run out of stamina. But there's mm. no like stamina bar. It's like a hidden bar. Okay. And to be able to get your breath back, you either have to stop and get your breath back, or if you actually dash, you instantly reset your stamina bar. But it's like a hidden thing. The game doesn't tell you that. You're gonna have to like figure that out for yourself. Is that not? And like, I, I think a, a, that a actually might be a glitch. I think that yeah. might be a glitch. They just haven't figured out it's there. I'm kind of glad right. they haven't because it's very helpful. Like you've basically got infinite run essentially. So very helpful there. As someone as we both play a lot of open world games. I'm getting to the point now where I just think, give me infinite sprint if you're going to make such a big world. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I agree. Which is basically the same with the horse. There's no stamina. It's just all sprint. Okay. So, cool. um, you can call your horse by pressing left on the D-pad. You can get photo mode by right on the D-pad. And you can... So the, the main thing they did in this game, which is part of the traversal or the way you get around, is the wind. So you, you might know a little bit about this by seeing the uh, the trailers or whatever, but um, if you swipe up on the pad, like the touch pad in the middle, that's how you get your wind, essentially, right? That's like you, So if you put like a pin on the map where you want to go... <laughs> I'm just thinking of farting, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. The wind blows and it takes it shows you that direction. Like the wind is like a kind of like a fog that kind of goes in that direction. Yeah. So if you've got like a, like a, a mission marker or a pin marker that you put there yourself... It'll direct you which way to go, which can be a little bit hard to get used to initially because I'm, you may have this as well, but I'm kind of used to having like a marker on the on, on a map. There's no map, by the way. Like there's no like circular map in the top mini right map. or top there. Yeah, there's no yeah. mini map. Yeah, it's all sort of by like what you see. So you kind of have to like keep swiping up to be able to know where you're going to go. While I'm speaking about that, there's actually a thing where if you swipe right, you can either uh, get your weapon out or sheathe your weapon. I like the ability to sheath your weapon in more Which games. is actually a very cool thing in this, because once you use your weapon enough, it gets very bloody. So if you sheath your weapon after you've finished with a battle, you'll either flick the blood off, or you'll wipe it in the in your sleeve like this, oh, and then sheath awesome. it. Which that's is like, awesome. imagine like like killing the last enemy of like a, a you know being surrounded, and then all of a sudden just flicking the blood off and putting it like really calmly back in its sheath, and you hear like all the effects as well. The oh. blood splatter. You see it across, even if, like especially in the snow, looks amazing. Oh, it's like Kill Bill. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> oh, it's exactly like Kill Bill. It's exactly like that. 
Amazing. Uh, if you swipe left on the, the touchpad, you can actually like play your flute. And that's how you determine what weather you have. Wow. So there's four different songs you can play. First song is Sunny Day. Second song is The Rain. Third is like a Stormy. And then I can't remember what the last one is. It's like Snow? another potentially. Yeah, I can't remember what it is. I don't think I've done it. But the only way you get songs is by collecting crickets in graveyards. Okay. So that's like another thing too. And then I guess swipe down is bow or bow. So like bow, like how Japanese people bow. Oh, okay. And that is a mechanic where if you do that at certain shrines in the game, like a special effect will happen. And that's part of like one of the trophy collectibles. So. Did you get used to this swiping thing? Because I don't usually oh, swipe Oh, amazingly. Up. Yeah. It, so what's the word? Intuitive? So you, you had no problem with it? Oh, I was doing it all day. I was like, yep, keep going, really? right, keep going that way, keep going that way, swiping it. Wow. It's great. And how does the... Did the wind work for you? Yeah. Eventually, it definitely took some time getting used to. It's very disorientating initially. Do you know where it is pointing to? Yeah. It, okay. It's very heavily blowing wind. Okay. Um, so the other thing I want to say about traverse, traversal, moving around the map, there's a lot of climbing. Okay. So there's there's cliff sides that have these sort of like, almost like water-worn or like rusty edges. So like a very distinct sort of brownie, rusty color. And if you see that, that means you can climb it. Or if you see a jutting rock that looks very distinct and unusual compared to the rest of the cliff edge, that means you can, you can climb it. And you do that a lot in this game when it comes to shrines. So if you go to a shrine, that's how you get a charm, which is like your... What's the best way to describe charms? They're sort of like attributes, I guess, almost like upgrades. Like one gives you like more damage when you're like below a certain amount of health. One gives you health back if you kill a certain enemy, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, to be able to get to these shrines, you have to climb them, essentially. You have to climb these cliffs and like work your way around. So there's definitely a lot of uh, height a lot of vertical traversal as well as horizontal traversal in this game. Which like is a hell slight, of a lot. slightly more su- slightly surprising because I don't think we thought that. I think, really. again, you can, you can compare that to something like uh, Assassin's Creed. There's a lot of vertical okay. as well as horizontal traversal. Yeah. Okay, and how was the vertical traversal? Was it fun? Yeah, super easy. Didn't need to, It was like you push up to go up, down to go down, X to jump to a certain thing, and then circle to drop off early if you want to. Sure, sure. It's great. Very intuitive. I remember, I remember Horizon having a very similar vertical traversal. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that is very uh, similar, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Similar. Okay. So the combat, Jay. This is a really yeah, big one for me because one, yeah. yeah, it's a massive <coughs> part of the game, and there's been a lot Probably of one different. Of the biggest parts, yeah. And there's been a lot of different opinions on it. So, do you want to just take me through? Maybe we can start with the different stances, Jay, and and how. Uh, yeah, if I quickly start with one thing, just part yeah. of the story and how it how it ties with the combat. So okay. the the main thing with the story is you are a samurai, and samurais kill people with honor. Like you face your enemy, you always look at them in the eyes before you kill them, right? You you always make sure the other person has a chance to kill you as much as you have the chance to kill them. They see assassins and thieves as very dishonorable ways of killing people, and you're actually taught that in a flashback. You end up you end up having to hunt a bear with your uncle when you're smaller, and he gets uh, stabbed in the in the arm from an assassin, 
and you you as a child have to kill this assassin but your uncle has to teach you the way to be like honorable and make sure you look at him in the eyes when you kill him right so you end up doing that and the whole the whole so if you are ever a samurai is ever seen betraying this honor way of killing people you basically get exiled essentially so the ghost of Tsushima is basically what you become, right? You are this assassin-type person. And you have to decide whether you want to become more honourable or less honourable during the game. But it doesn't. you do end up having to become the ghost, so you, you have no say in it. Not really. But your uncle definitely sees this as a, quite a large betrayal. And that plays heavily in the combat, because I'd say the main combat is samurai ways of doing things but if you want to go about it stealthy that's like the ghost side of things so you've got like kunai smoke bombs to like you know disappear and assassinate people you can assassinate from high up and stuff like that you can traverse with a hook that you get later on and swing about like on like you can sort of in, well, in basically yeah interesting um yeah, what else do you have? So, yeah, you can like, upgrade, and later on you can do a chain assassination. You can do multiple assassinations at a time. Odyssey. Stuff like that. Um, but through the, sap- through the samurai side of things, you have stances. So I'll, I'll finally get to that, right? So you start off with one stance, which is the stone stance, which is best against swordsmen. And then I think after that you get water stance, which is good against shield men, so men who have shields. And then I'm trying to remember what I think the next one might be woods wood stance, which is good against spearmen. And then you have moon stance, which is good against brutes, so like slightly larger enemies that maybe have like large axes or like blunt instruments, right? And you can level these up four times each. Um but I the thing about stances it was very difficult to like switch between stances mid combat. So you'd have like maybe a swordsman, a shieldsman, and a spearman are surrounding you. And you had to pick, right, which one do I go with first? And, you know, do I... Because when you have the opportunity to change stances, time slows down. So you actually have quite a good opportunity to, like... Almost like you do in a Dragon Age game, where you can sort of stop the, the fight mid-combat. It's a very similar system. And I didn't realize how quick you could change stances until I sort of got a bit more used to the combat. So while I'm mid-combat, I can have, like, two spearmen, two swordsmen, and two shieldmen around me. And like within seconds, like muscle memory, just quickly change my stance to be able to defeat that particular enemy, and then go quickly change to the next one. So it actually felt by the end of the game, or maybe midway through the game, quite fluid. Whereas at the start of the game, it felt quite stagnant and quite stiff. Mm. So I think that being able to do that option later on was just like so, like you, it definitely made you feel like you were a lot smarter than you actually were. I guess it's probably a good way of putting it. When you're in the stone stance and you get facing off against a type of enemy and then another one comes up to you, are you able to block them or at least push them away yeah, to you deal block everything with in any stance, yeah. Right, right, okay. You can block, but you you can still attack them in the wrong stance, but you won't be able to get through their defences quicker versus the stance that would be best against them. Okay. So what happens is every enemy is always blocking against you. Almost all the time. There's actually different visual cues that tell you whether they're blocking or ready to attack. So if they've got their sword or weapon low down, you can attack them, and they won't ever block that. If they've got their weapon high up, they're always going to be blocking. And if they've got their weapon to the side and high up, that means they're about to attack. So it's almost like a, uh, a rock, paper, scissors, but you have to like know that. 
Mm-hmm. You have to sort of, they don't tell you that in the game. You have to basically learn that. Oh, later on. okay. There's also I... different moves where, like a, a visual cue, where if there's a red glint on the weapon, it means you have to dodge that because it's, it's an unblockable attack. Sure. Versus a blue glint, which means it's a parryable attack. Sure. And then, obviously, if there's no glint, that means you can also parry it too. Okay, okay. So there is parrying in the game, which is actually very easy and very helpful. Oh, okay. Because if you, if you time the parry perfectly, you can get an instant kill. What's called a perfect parry. A perfect parry means if you parry at just the right time, you instantly kill that character. Versus if you parry it normally, you maybe get a few shots off before you have to like actually kill them. The combat in the trailer looked very hard. Is it hard? No, very easy. Once so, you know what you're doing, super. It's so satisfying. <laughs> My God, so right, satisfying. Okay, but it does feel like because there's you're not facing hundreds of people here. It does feel like the one to the one on one thing means that it has to be fairly hard for it to feel good does that make sense yeah definitely if you don't know what you're doing it's it's definitely looks and feels a lot harder than if if you did know what you're doing i think because my lack of knowledge at the beginning of the game made it feel hard but then it felt easier as i went along because i actually knew how to defeat them so much quicker like by the middle of the game i almost felt like i couldn't die actually i can tell you this truthfully i never died during the game so Mm. maybe because i was playing it on easy it might have been too easy why did you choose easy i just wanted to play it for the story i didn't i didn't care too oh, much okay. about it being a challenge yeah yeah um if i wanted to play a challenge i'd go play dark souls fair fair point this game this game definitely lends itself to becoming something like that but that's if you choose it i wasn't in the mood to play dark souls i was in the mood to play ghosts so <laughs> i thought i'd just play it on easy and get to love the story and not have to worry about getting frustrated about dying all the time i am confused about how the story mm-hmm. of being the ghost ties in with that combat choice so when you are hidden if you're in a bush or an enemy can't see you you have the ability to use tricks to be able to assassinate people so if you've got like a wind chime stroke a firecracker you can lure people towards you whether it be towards a bush or towards closer to the wall of a building that you're high up on kunai are essentially silent killers they're sort of like a far away assassination but only if you upgrade your kunai to a certain point they're they do very little damage at the beginning so you have, once they're maxed out they're pretty much a one-shot kill which i didn't actually use that often um so my question is though jay like when you're playing through it yeah let's say you choose not to ever do the ghost method when you're yeah. fighting enemies that sounds like it doesn't have any big outcome on the story no, it doesn't. Like, it's not like a, it's, again with like Infamous. There's obviously a karma system. With this, there's no system. But the it almost seems like it could have had a system mm. between Ghost and Samurai. But yeah, it doesn't really like have too much of a problem with the story. I mean, it, 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 so it, maybe levels or missions where you have to be the ghost. Sure. Let's just say that, and that that then does affect the story okay. because once you actually at the beginning of the game, once you start becoming the ghost you then again get flashbacks with your uncle who tells you don't become the ghost basically don't be this assassin type always you know fight with honor he sort of has to like ingrain it in your childish skull basically so it seems to me that the developers have created a game that is ish hard on the combat side so they've yeah. basically it's hard if you're not very good at those kind of games yeah sure so they've said Oh, okay. Well, you can have the easy option of stealth in it. We'll just make you feel really bad about it. That's kind of what I'm taking away from that. 
Kind of, yeah. Like, in those days, if you were a thief or an assassin, you are scum, basically. You are so unhonorable. You could never be a samurai. Uh, you're probably going to be disowned by your family, more than likely. If you are a thief in those days, you probably don't even have a family. Because you've probably been disowned, or because you're probably right. poor. Like, but I think being a thief or being an assassin is sort of seen as, like, like common or, you know, poor. Like, lesser of, you know, you're like a lesser person, essentially. Yeah. So, and I assume there's much more complex motivations hidden within the story that, you know, he's Massive, trying yeah. to save his uncle here. Like, it's not... It's definitely yet. like a turmoil. Like, you're, like, in your mind, you don't want to be this ghost. But you have to to be able to defeat the Mongols. There's no other way of doing it. Like, you will die if you become... You will die if, if you, you don't do the, do the ways of the ghost. If, you, if you're yeah. just a samurai and you go head into everything, you will die. Yeah. Because yeah. really, you'll, be you'll be overthrown, you know. Too many Overrun. people against you. Yeah. Overrun. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Great. So let's move to the side quests. Mm. We're getting through it. We're getting through it. So let's move to the side quests. Well, you've already spoken a little bit about them. A little bit. Um, can you just make, yeah, give me some impressions of are they substantial? What sort of level side quests are we looking at? Are we looking at Witcher 3 Odyssey side quests or are we looking more at Origins, AC2 side, you know, I don't think AC2 had side quests, but that kind of level, like what sort of substantial level are we here where we think, oh yeah, I enjoyed every side quest or only some particular side quests I can remember? I'd say I definitely enjoyed everyone. There's usually a pretty heavy story behind most of them. A lot of them are like everyday citizens of this island who are sort of have an issue. Like they're either ill or their family's been killed by the Mongols and you've got to go help them somehow or there's usually like a, a mystical demon that is like you know terrorizing this wood at night and they're killing off people and they're not coming out of the woods you know it's, it's very memorable there isn't a single side mission where you go i've forgotten completely what happened like me playing it a second time through i remember everything that happened because it's so memorable like it's very very good like the, these you're not gonna play a single side mission and be bored because it's very like there's usually different mechanics that the game involves that you don't usually do throughout the rest of the game. Oh, that's good. Like there's certain things where you have to like there's a very particular mission where you have to look at you have to find a painting, and once you have that painting, you've then got to find that on the map somewhere. Mm. And the only way to find it is by the clues on. It's almost like uh, with Red Dead and like the X's on the map, very similar in that way. Like you have to go find that place with the cl clues about that are on the painting, and then you know things in sue essentially so okay and the very first time we saw go to shishima j in e at e3 i yes. think or maybe um psx i don't know they showed a side quest mission yeah, so that's the one i was talking about with the woods so the guy sits there plays he's almost like one of the mythic tale people but in this turn in this case he's not he's just like a normal thing where behind him are these woods and at night, people go in and don't come back out, and the people are terrified that it's either like an evil spirit, an evil vengeful samurai spirit, or some sort of demon that's killing people off. Um, and then, yeah, once you go through, you have to follow these lanterns through the fog, and once you get oh, through to a certain cool. the lantern, there's like a, a campfire with like dead people everywhere, and you it's actually you have to investigate a lot of scenes, which is a lot like Batman or Spider Man. Yeah, like you know, have to you have to like go to a place and investigate. It's very similar in that way too. You have to like hold R two and examine this, find a clue, find another clue, follow the tracks along this this road, all that kind of stuff. That sounds awesome. Very involved, yes. Okay, a lot like Spider Man, actually, a lot. 
And to do with the side quest, Jay, are the collectibles slash other miscellaneous on the map. Yeah, this is very interesting, this. So one of the things you can do on the map are fox dens or fox shrines, right? Which is part of the gameplay as well, or the gameplay uh, trailer we got. So once you find a fox den, which are recognizable because they are these very standout yellow trees that have birds or fireflies flying around them so you can see them from quite far off so once that happens you get to a fox then a fox then leads you to a fox shrine because in japanese cultures foxes are sort of like these messengers of a very particular god that they follow like a fox god which i guess are called the anari i want to say and once you get to enough of these shrines once you honor enough of these shrines you then get a charm an extra charm slot which basically then allows you to be able to upgrade yourself essentially you have a maximum you start out with two but then you finish the game with six. So you can have more charms sort of on your belt, I guess, that allow you to have extra abilities or extra, like, I guess, attributes in, with, like, more examples being, like, take reduced damage or do redu- do more ghost weapon damage, do more normal weapon damage, stuff like that. But then once you do more of those shrines, they then upgrade the charms. So now from doing... If one said you did minor increase to your melee damage, you now either do a major or a moderate. Like, it goes up, depending on how many shrines you have or have collected. That's one example. Another example are bamboo, bamboo cutting, which is part of a samurai practice, where if your sword is able to go through a certain amount of bamboo shoots, it's sharp enough. And also, if if your sword can go through enough bamboo shoots, you are strong enough. So that's how you sort of knew how to... It was a way of practicing your strike position as well as your strength of your strike as well as the sharpness of your sword but once you do that in game you then get an additional chance to get or i say chance you then get a point towards getting an extra point of resolve and resolve is basically these like yellow circles above your health bar which you use to heal yourself and you use to better use your mythical abilities later on so if you use like heavenly strike it'll use two of your yellow circles and if you heal yourself it'll use like a circle and a half depending okay. on how much of your health has been dis- you know disappeared um these bamboo games are actually quite fun because you start out doing three bamboo shoots then do five then do seven right but each of the bamboo shoots to be able to go through them you have to press certain buttons in a certain order so maybe the first three will be xx square then it'll be xx square l1 triangle and then it'll be xx square l1 triangle circle circle like it'll get harder each time, but the, the you'll you'll only have a certain amount of time to memorize those in order. So sure. your your finger dexterity has to be pretty good, and your memory has to be pretty good too. Okay. And I think one of the accessibility options is to better basically skip that by still sure. getting the reward but without having having to have the finger dexterity or the memory capabilities. Sure. Very okay. awesome. So sorry to jump around here, Jay, but I haven't. I I forgot to touch on the player progression side of things is it quite rpg heavy yeah so you almost have a uh what would you call it like a, a legend or like a no is it notoriety yeah reputation reputation there we go that's what i was looking for like a reputation so you start out with like a like a picture like a, almost like a painted well if, when, you, when you press start on the menu like your character screen you have like a painted samurai that looks quite run down and broken like almost like uh 
like beaten up i guess which i guess mm-hmm. has like a title like your your legend your reputation has a title and i think at the beginning it's called the broken samurai and you have this bar that sort of overarcs over your head and each time you get to a certain point in the bar you get a technique point and that's what you can use to better level up your abilities and your stances and your ghost weapons and your ability to be able to multiply uh, multiply your chance of assassinating people like your chain assassination stuff so that's how you get technique points as you level up your reputation and you level up your reputation by doing either side missions mythic tales or normal main missions or okay. by killing so when you are around the map there there'll be these sort of like stationed mongols that have a person you have to rescue them from it's like an enemy campsite kind of thing yeah i mean there's ones that are like campsites large campsites and then there's also ones that aren't in campsites that are just like a random occurrence okay so once you kill off all those enemies you can then rescue the person and they'll tell you where to go like go to this side mission or go to this shrine or go to this thing like this this collectible or whatever um, and that'll then give you a small amount of reputation whereas main missions like side missions will give you a medium amount and main missions will give you a large amount of reputation so once you get to your next level of reputation you'll then become like a, a known samurai and then like a very well known and then you'll become like the ghost of Tsushima eventually you'll become this like massive you'll end at the the ghost but there's quite okay. a few there's like there's like nine or ten different versions of samurai reputation levels you have to go up it does get quite like a lot okay the end, so. so and in terms of your customization then oh I... this is like one of the biggest things the customization in this game is ridiculously good go on it's so fun like there's 59 vanity items in the game which are essentially items that are collectibles that allow you to be able to customize how you look. So whether it be a mask, a bandana, a hat, armor, or a, a sword kit, which is basically like your sheath and the top part of how your sword and like samurai sword looks, essentially. They're like different like skins. So you there. don't get separate bits of the armor, it's just the whole armor set. Uh, yeah, so you start out at a sort of base level armor, and you can upgrade each individual armor to look better and also be better. Whether it be like better health, better like uh, armor, and you know reduced damage taken, stuff like that. Okay, okay, yeah. and then and then there's just loads of customization basically uh, available. I mean, there's probably like thirty headpieces. You find this... masks. There's so many, there's... and you find this throughout the world. Do you just yeah, loot so them, or there is a bird, a golden bird, that will show you the way to these things. Okay. So you'll be traversing round, and then all of a sudden, this golden bird will like hover over your head and fly in front of you, and it will take you to a side mission. It will take you to a collectible. Yeah, one of those two usually, and the collectible can either be one of these shrines or one of these armor pieces, or like a sword kit or a mask or a bandana or a head you know any of those okay and is there viewpoints in this game jay is that where the vertical aspect comes in no i'd say the viewpoints are technically the campsites so you've got a small campsite and you've got a large campsite the small campsites once you finish them will will get rid of a lot of the fog in a circle around that campsite which is essentially a viewpoint right it sort of gets rid of a fog around that area once you do a large campsite it'll do a massive fog sort of get okay. rid of fog around it and that's how you get rid of most of the fog around the area got you yeah 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 they're okay. kind of the, they're like a mixture between viewpoints and actually like places to kill people and get more reputation and more because actually there's crafting in this too so if you want to upgrade your armor and upgrade your sword you have to get materials like bamboo flowers to be able to change the color of your 
armor later on. You can get dyes for it. Um, yeah, upgrade armor, upgrade swords. So iron, steel, leather, linen, gold, stuff like that. Loads, of, loads. Of, like obviously, the more rarer, more rare the uh, crafting material, the less frequently you're going to be able to see that thing. So you have to like go to like quite difficult places to be able to get them, or do difficult missions to be able to do them. Like large campsites will always give you gold. Like slightly smaller ones will always give you steel or iron stuff like that. Yeah. And how are you upgrading your sword and stuff then? So yeah, there's like uh, different, I guess, like cities or like uh, towns or temples that are like bases of operation, like uh, HQs. For the enemy? Once... No, for you. Oh, okay, okay. So once you go there, there's like an armorer, a blacksmith, uh, a bower, which is someone who makes your bows more upgraded, and a trapper, which is someone who makes your arrows have like a larger quiver or like more arrows or stuff like that you know be able to buy bombs and stuff okay and what's the bow and arrow mechanic like very good there's a drop. So the further away you are there's a drop distance yeah yeah but on on the reticle for the bow there's like a line that tells you depending on how far away you are that's useful you use which one you know vertically or whatever so yeah okay so we're kind of getting to the end points of the discussion, Jay, at least in terms of information. So how long did it take you to finish the story slash platinum it? Story probably took... Well, actually, because I'd already gotten most of the collectibles and everything done trophy-wise by the time I'd finished the game, I only needed to spend maybe another two... Maybe another hour and a half after I finished the game to actually get platinum. So... I'd say story. You actually can't skip any of the story too. There's no even once you've finished the game, you can't skip any of the cinematics, which I think is actually potentially a good thing because you don't really want to have to skip anything. Um, I'd say having done everything completely and story probably took me about 45 hours between 40 and 45 hours, which is actually pretty decent for a game that you would imagine probably only takes somewhere between 30 and 40. So mm. a little bit longer. Stories like 20 odd, did you say? No, story was like I mean if I just if I just did story, could probably do it in between ten and fifteen. Okay. But that's like that's like no side missions, no collectibles, no nothing. Yeah. But you kinda have to do those things because you have to upgrade to a certain point to be able to do the end game. Sure. So like you wouldn't like it'd be very difficult to beat this game without any upgrades. Okay. Still doable, but very difficult. And you mentioned that the trophy list is mwah. Oh, it's perfection. It's so easy. Prime, like don't have to do anything on hard it's all on easy yeah all the story ones are there's no missable so all the story you get automatically i'd say the only thing that requires any amount of time are collectibles pretty much it and there's what? one where you've got to kick someone off of a ledge that one is potentially missable because if you, if you don't if you unless you can do it by killing someone in a a random occurrence around the map it's kind of difficult unless you do it on a in a campsite there's like yeah, both. there's yeah, like yeah. different there's definitely missions where it allows you to do that easier versus yeah. when you've completed the game so do that first and then do the campsites how often are these random events and how many different variants are there so there's rescue someone from bandits or mongols there's get a uh, like a uh, a chest full of crafting materials from bandits or mongols 
or there's save or there's kill mongols and a bear at the same time so there's like three <laughs> and, and they happen pretty frequently like you're going to come across okay. one every 30 seconds did you stop doing them after a what bit then <sighs> i'd say do them during the first act of the game but then probably don't bother so much during the second or third do them less still pretty important though because they help you find side missions so is there a lot of wildlife enemies then? Yes. Yeah, so in Japanese culture, deers are seen as sacred animals. Cannot kill deers. You can kill them in the game. I recommend not doing it. There's no repercussions. It's just more of a moral thing. You don't get any reward for killing them. They're just there to kill or not kill. So okay. when you kill an animal, a bear or a, or a boar, you get predator hides, which are used to upgrade your quiver, stuff like that later on. But you don't get anything from killing a deer because they're sacred animals in Japan. So you can't okay. kill deers. They're, they're like gods, essentially. Okay. Deers. If you've watched uh, <sighs> Princess Mononoke, you'll know what I mean. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. And where does this fit in the wider scope of PS4 exclusives, Jay, this game? What do you mean? Where does it... Where does it lie? Where does it, it rank? Or where does it... No, not where does imports? it rank. Where does it... Is it up there with basically every other PS4 exclusive? Yeah, so let's say point? you had to... So, like, other... Do you mean, like, God of War? Yeah. Last of Us? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, it's definitely up there. It warrants a place in, in the ranking, 100%. Okay, okay. And is this a new franchise for PlayStation, do you think? I think Sucker Punch definitely have an opportunity here to make the game again, just with a different time in... in you know, the world. What, Japan? No, yeah, other than Japan. So, like, the French Revolution. Or, right, you know, okay. they could do this again, just with a different true story. Okay. This is a true story? I think so. Yeah, it's based on a true story. Oh, okay. <laughs> the Sly Cooper Easter egg. What, what yes, is it then? Oh, this is great. So, yeah. To be able to do this, you had to ha- put on a, a particular type of armor set, a particular headband, a particular mask, and have a particular color of your armor and a particular color of your sword yeah set as well which were all like blue and yellow colors okay so you had to find these very particular ones put them all on at the same time and you basically resembled sly cooper but in japanese samurai armor sure okay is so, there yeah, was, pretty fun to do was there any other quirky trophies that's worth mentioning i guess like the you know kicking someone off of a ledge and so they die when they fall that was fairly quirky other than that not really i don't think i think that was it is there, any, is there any plans for DLC for this game? I'm not sure. I kind of hope not. I was like, I, it's one of those games where I can't, it's almost like Back to the Future. Don't muck it up. You know, it's it's already got one good or three good films in this instance. It's almost like going back to an 80s movie and being like, we should reboot that. Mm. That's kind of how I feel that DC would do to this, DLC would do to this, kind of. I would definitely welcome it if as long as it added to the story that was already there. As long as it different, like didn't diverge too much. Like if it yeah. maybe if it was um, if you were still playing as Jin, but there was more like after the story that happened, versus maybe or maybe even stuff that happened during. Like maybe it it, it like gave you more story during the the middle of the story, and then also the end, and maybe or maybe potentially a prequel DLC too would be quite fun. Like maybe like the up the becoming of Jin the samurai rather than the actual already being the gym the samurai yeah that'd be quite cool i don't think they will but 
wouldn't be too you know dissatisfied if they uh if they didn't and does this fill that ever needing hole of that assassin's creed japan game for you oh yeah ac don't make japan don't bother oh i mean if if you do oh don't don't think if you do if they did if they did do it don't do it during this time period because a lot of japanese games that have been made have only ever been made during the edo period which is a very specific time in Japanese history. So if they were going to do it, they'd probably do it during the Edo period, more than likely, which is very different to this period, which is, you know, this weirdly, there's a fact that this period has never been done ever in, in gaming history. This period of Japanese time has never, ever been done before. So good on them for doing it. Well, Jay, also, that's pretty much... Oh, yeah, yeah, no, go, 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 go. <laughs> so the island of Tsushima... Yeah, their their tourist board has actually teamed up with the guys who made Ghost, and they're doing like a collaboration. So if you go to the tourist board of Tsushima's website, their entire website is basically like Ghost of Tsushima themed. So it basically tells you like this is the actual real place in the game, and they're basically trying to get money and tourists to like come to Tsushima to be like, look, if you played the game, you can also visit the landmarks that were there in the game. That's awesome. Which I thought was so such a good idea can you imagine the people at Tsushima how happy they are about that 100% they probably don't get that much of a tourist like thing I know they obviously do but this is going to be a massive bump for them yeah 100% well when people are traveling on that yeah yeah 100% so that was kind of everything I wanted to cover Jay and and ask about is there anything outstanding in your mind which you'd like to raise (laughs) is there anything else I want to talk about I mean I guess just as like an overall Mm. I very much enjoyed this game, and I definitely think if you've had if you have any doubts about this, don't have the doubts because it'll it'll it's an it's an experience massively. Like this game is just like definitely emotional at parts. I definitely cried maybe once or twice. Maybe not so much near the end, just because I was sort of like more wanting to just play the game. I'd say it's probably one of the best looking games I've played in a very long time. So if you if you're in the mood to just like chill but also kill the bad guys, also cool. If you want to learn about Japanese culture and history, this is definitely for you. Um what what were the performances like, Jay, of the characters? Did you lo- like the characters a lot or what what what's the deal? Yeah, I will say the story and the actual like the mo- if there was any mocap for this game was probably some of the best I've seen in a long time. Wow, okay. Um, I think the story is very well written. They definitely do the very Japanese thing of not telling you everything, but it also not being necessary. Sure. Japanese storytelling has this very, not necessarily a trope, but a, a thing they tend to do where they don't, they don't give you all the information, but they don't need to because they like you to be able to figure it out yourself. Or they give it to you so late in the game that it's, so, it's such a surprise that it's actually quite rewarding. Japanese uh, films and, and entertainment tend to reward you a lot more near the end than they do during. So I think this is definitely one of those types of things. Even though it wasn't made by Japanese people, I mean, it kind of was. It was co-made. Um, they definitely followed through with that type of storytelling. It definitely felt rewarding. But it, it almost felt like that end reward but during the entire thing like almost like you know the upward part on a on a roller coaster but then the going over and coming down it was basically like doing this constantly there wasn't there was lulls i mean that's not a bad way that's not a bad way of saying it there was there was zero lulls 
but the bits where it was calm was like a, a rewarding calm. It was like, mm. oh, we can sort of relax for a second before we do our next battle kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, definitely, like, really, really good storytelling, good writing, everything you'd need from a game. And it might be worth <laughs> mentioning, Jay, that you said the Japanese dub was a little bit iffy. Yeah, so I actually haven't experienced it myself because I haven't played it in the Kurosawa mode or in Japanese. Even the English was a little bit off with the mouthing. Interesting. I would say that the probably one of the downsides to this was just like the mouthing and how it, the voice, the dub, and the mouthing was slightly off. Mm. But that didn't really matter because it's like most of the time you're wearing a mask, so you can't really see your mouth move. Um, at times you can see your mouth; it doesn't really, I mean, it doesn't really affect. It didn't, it didn't pull me out of the game. If anything, weirdly, I don't know if you you must have had this before, but you know games and films that when you finish playing it, you're like, oh. I'm me, and I live here. I'm not him, and I I don't live in Japan. <laughs> there were genuinely yeah. times where I had to like I sort of like there was a second where I clicked, and I was like, oh, I'm not in Japan right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I was so immersed in this game, like I genuinely thought I was living in the in the 13th century Japan, and I was yeah. a samurai. Like there genuinely were times where I had to remind myself, like, oh, okay, I'm me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of freaked myself out. I was like, this is so. Honestly, I think this is probably the most immersed I've been in a game. Maybe I won't, I can't say in a while because it's happened very frequently over the last six months because I've had time to be able to do that. But it's very rare for it to happen. I just so happen to play a lot of games where that can happen, whether it be Odyssey, Death Stranding, Ghost of Tsushima. Like they're very immersive film-like games. Like it almost is like you're playing someone's life. It's very immersive. So if you're into that, if you're into wanting to just escape you'll be escaping to a very war-ridden place, but also a very calm and nice place. So I recommend it if you want that kind of feeling. <laughs> it almost kind of reminded me of like the whole, you know when we speak about wanting to be a Jedi? Very mm-hmm. similar. Like, you know, you have that blade, you have that fighting style. It's very similar. Like, oh, you know, I want to be a samurai for an hour or two. Yeah. Very, very rewarding. Very rewarding. Great. Well, anything else, Jay, you want to talk about? I guess I'll just like quickly talk about the other type of things you can do. There's a few I didn't mention. There is uh, hot springs in the game. Okay. So like Japanese hot springs are, are definitely a large part of Japanese culture. Once you find these hot springs, you get a choice to uh, think in your head about two particular things that are going on in the game at the time. So one of the op- one of the choices might be your father. And one of the other choices might be your mother, because they are both dead in the game at this point. So you basically just like have a chat with yourself while you're in this hot spring about reminiscing about your father and your mother and how you maybe could have acted different, or maybe about the, a nice memory you have. And you have that quite a lot in the game. There's also haikus. Do you know what, you know what which, a haiku is? Which parent did you pick you like you to talk about? Oh, no, I chose both. Because it gives you multiple chances. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. There's like 16 or 17 springs, so you get multiple cho- chances at the same choice. Okay. Or a differing choice. Okay. Yeah, there's also haikus. You know what a haiku is, don't you? A small poem? So it's a Japanese poem. And haikus were used frequently by samurais before battles to calm their minds. So there's multiple opportunities in the game where you are in a very scenic area and you kneel down at this mat and you basically get three choices to choose different lines of a haiku so the in the first scene you kind of move around and you find these three white circles and you pick which one sounds best depending on the theme of the haiku that gets 
you choose. So there might be one about death, one about fear, one about the future, one about the past. So depending on which one of those themes, you can like choose three different options on how you want your haiku to sound out, right? So once you finish this haiku, you then get given a headband, and then the headband is basically sort of like embroidered, but not really. Sort of like like a has like a title, which is basically your haiku. So your haiku is forever a part of that headband. But obviously, depending on the choices, it sounds very different of a haiku depending on what you chose, which I thought was quite a nice thing. Because I've actually I chose pretty similar things on both of my playthroughs. Because they're just like depending on how you feel at the time. It's a very very moody type thing. Yeah. And then other than that, there's just like Mongol artifacts that you find. They're like the other collectibles. I think that's it. Collectibles wise. Groovy. There's quite a lot in the game then. There is a lot to do. Yeah. 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 yeah very fun. Okay. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed learning more about this game, Jay. It's definitely one of those games which. You just don't know much about, I think. Yeah, that's weird. I kind of, I, I was thinking about it. I'm kind of ashamed, to a degree, of how I felt about this game before I played it. Like, uh... I feel like I should have been more excited about it because of how good it is. <laughs> but I guess it was just the cautious side of me being like cautious, you know, not not going in too much. Because if I had, I, would, I don't think I would have enjoyed it as uh, well, as much. The game convinced you of itself, so which is uh, you know lends you know the game lends itself to how good it is then, doesn't it? It proved exactly. to me how good of a game I should, how I should feel about it. it. Proved to me, yes, you should feel good about this because it proved to me in yeah. the end that it was. So, yeah, I like it when a game can convince me otherwise, even though I didn't really need much convincing to be honest. Yeah, I'm glad about that. Yeah, very glad about that. Well, that was the TGO special, everyone. I hope you enjoyed. I think yeah, hopefully this got... convinced you to potentially yeah. go buy it if you had any doubts. Yeah. You now know pretty much everything. Yeah, and hopefully Jay's got a lot off his mind as well yeah. about talking about this game. And we will be back next week with the standard show, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, nothing's happened yet in gaming that I'm uh, too aware of. <laughs> yeah, so we'll we'll see you then. Have a good week, guys, in a bit. Deuces.